Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Lay. Sir. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, the final event of the PGA Tour season, the FedEx Cup Championship, the Tour Championship. In order to break down a 30-man field, I'll be joined as my co-host, as always, Jesse. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Guys. Jesse, how are we doing? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Good, good, good. And with a, only a 30-man field, got some Ryder Cup talk. We decided to bring on one of our buddies. You can find him on Twitter at All Day Every Three Six Five. Rob Treyot. Rob, how are we doing, man? Mama, doing well. Glad to be back. Yep, yep. Glad to have you back. I uh, figured we, or Jesse actually mentioned he was all, hey, let's bring Rob back on to, uh, to add another voice to the 30 uh, man field coming up and uh, let's rock and roll. So I think it's a great idea. So it'll be, be a 15 minute podcast otherwise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Got to, got to mix it up a little bit here. Otherwise, we're going to be here. Yeah, not very long. So, real quick, it was two weeks ago. Having a week off of golf really sucks. Like it was nice. You know, Jesse and I were joking. We had Monday off, but, um, it kind of sucks having no golf come Thursday. The BMW Championship, the last thing we saw, it was finished on Monday due to all that nasty weather. But the Keegs, Keegan Bradley, damn impressive. Uh, any thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah, I guess it's been kind of a long time coming. I think everybody was waiting for Keegan to throw up. I mean, he sort of did on 18, but it seems like uh, Justin decided to match him and then obviously did a little worse in the playoff. But he's been so solid, Tita Green. It was just only a matter of time, like, you know, everybody talks about putting. All you need is one week. He found a week, and good for him. Yeah, what about you, Jesse? Yeah, well, you, you can kind of see it coming. I mean, you know, the week before, he was leading going into uh, the final round there and just played awful. So, um, you know, the form was there coming in for him. Um, one thing I do want to mention, though, is how awesome it is to be a professional golfer and just hit it off of grandstands. <laughs> <laughs> 
How many times have you guys hit it over a green and you're like 150 yards past the green going, I mean, what the heck am I going to do now? <laughs> well, I mean, it, like twice. It was twice. You know, Justin Rose did it and then Keegan did it as well. I mean, it's, you know, obviously they're they're still head and shoulders above anything I've ever well, As Brooks had all felt that the U.S. Open. Right. Well, I mean, it happens all the time, but it yeah. must be nice. So just hit it off a dude's foot or whatever, you know, I mean, it's anyway. That's why one of the rules my uh, my buddy is like a scratch golfer because I'm like an 18, so he puts up with my crap on a golf course. But as long as I keep pace, he's happy. Um, if I ever hit one and it goes in a place we see like from the tee box, we know where it's at. We can't find it. He goes, just take a free drop because if we were on tour, they'd have that marked for us. You wouldn't lose that ball. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a great point. Play. That's a great point. He goes, he goes, it's not like you hit it out of bounds. It's supposed to be right here. It's like under some like leaves or something. Just drop a yeah. ball for free and hit. I'm like. Yeah, I can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> they make them every day. Exactly. Uh, but uh, any other takeaways? Because the, the one thing I did uh, notice about Keegs that was really interesting on, I think it was Saturday, he holds a par saver on the last hole to, I believe, be tied for the lead or one shot off the lead. And he was fist pumping because that par, if the if the tournament would have ended after that round, he would have been in the final 30. Literally, being in the final 30 now, being this week into the Tour Championship – He's now exempt from all the majors next year. He can go anywhere he wants to play. These are things he hasn't been able to do in like five or six years, I guess. So you could see how much he was watching that scoreboard. Like he was jacked. And uh, Spieth is a whole other story. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll see how that all goes. Let's talk Ryder Cup, though. We have the captain's picks are in. Before we get to the captain's picks, uh, we know Tiger was supposed to be a vice captain and whatnot. I want to get you guys' opinion. We can go with Rob first and then Jesse. But the U.S. is led by Jim Furyk. We knew that. And you got David Duvall, Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, DL3, and Stricker as vice captains. Um, this, I, I, I don't see an excitement level with the captains here. Do you guys see something? They're like <laughs> the, the most stoic group of guys I've ever seen. They are the definition of locker room guys, I think, right, at this point. So, I mean, DL3 has been there twice as a captain, so he's definitely going to have the experience. Uh, they're definitely emulating the whole – European strategy of getting vice captains that are going to eventually roll up to be captains. And clearly, you know, with Stricker, uh, was he the president's cup captain last year? Uh, It sounds familiar. Jesse, you might know. I'm not sure. Whatever. Yeah. The the thing that doesn't matter, whatever the Ryder cup's all that matters. And then obviously you see Cooch was definitely going to be the guy. And then, you know, Finau and and Bryson, the way they push the envelope, like he was, he's not going to make it, especially the way he played down the stretch. So, Pretty excited. I mean, those guys are going to be relatively calm. Going into Europe, that place is going to be electric. Um, and, you know, it's been a long time since the U.S. have won on European soil. So I know Phil's mentioned it before that he wants to go get a title over there. And I guess it's going to be a really fun three days, that's for sure. Yeah, Phil and Reed, those guys are already pumping up the talks. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Jesse, what's your thoughts on the – before we get to the captain's picks, that group of captains? Yeah, um, you know, whatever. That's that's fine. They're, they're a bunch of guys who have played on Ryder Cups. Um, and so they have that experience and they, they know and what it's going to be like and can prepare the guys like, uh, you know, the, the rookies or whatever. So I, I've got no issue with it. I mean, they're kind of boring guys, but, you know, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be walking around in sunglasses and clapping their hands. I mean, I, you know, what else do they do? I don't, I don't know. Do you, guys, do you guys know if they do actually have another role besides like if somebody gets injured? Can any of those guys step in at all? Because I know yeah, we, I was wondering if ZJ and Kucher would be those guys. That's why yeah. they made. That's why I was curious when I saw these guys that were almost on the team to be vice captains. I was thinking maybe like they're alternates. I couldn't. Sure. Tell. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you figure Ricky with his oblique would be really interesting if he tweaks something. And then you have Casey on the European side, too, with a bad back. So there's risk out there. I just don't know if those guys actually fill in or not because I don't think it's ever come to that point. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. All right, let's talk captain's picks. Tiger and Phil and Bryson were announced after Bryson won yet another tournament. And then after this last weekend at the BMW, Tony Finau got it in. Uh, Xander Schauffele made it very, very difficult for Furyk to make such an easy pick because if, if Xander wins that tournament, I'm, I'm concerned he might have went there. I always wanted Fina. I'm pretty sure Jesse always wanted Fina from what we've oh, talked yeah. about on the show. So these were the four that made the most sense. Uh, you guys got any thoughts on these? I don't – I mean, nothing surprising, obviously. I think Phil, you could have had, like, a little disagreement, but he, obviously he's going to go. He wasn't playing great. And then he had that awesome Monday um, – over here in Boston, Finau has been solid all year. Bryson obviously winning twice in the last three weeks. Like, <clears throat> if Europe is gonna try and say like, "Oh, your worst players are Bubber and Webb," fine, great. <laughs> like, I'm gonna take the guys that are playing the best in the world right now, and three out of those four are. So, yeah, yeah I'm super. Just... I'm super excited to watch Tony Finau play golf uh, in a Ryder Cup style event. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch him. So that was a great pick, and you know. I, I, you know, you, you can, you can pull, you know, you, you can make a case against Phil, um, but he's, he's got lots of experience. His, his record's not that great, but sure. Yeah. Got a lot of experience and they're going to be going, they're going to be playing in a hostile, yeah. super hostile environment. Yeah. Experience is going to play a big factor in it. It was, it, yeah, you said it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a road game. Like it's going, I mean, it's, it's like having your, it's like having your Kentucky boys going on the road in a hostile SEC environment. This is what's yeah. about to take place it's every here. week. It's every week for <laughs> us though. Oh. Everybody's Super Bowl. So this is the Super Bowl of golf, right? I mean, yeah, it really is. Much. It is. So this is it. And especially after what happened, you know, in recent years, um, and in particular over here, they, you know, I've, I've already heard some chatter about the Euros thinking that we acted like donkeys. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like when we get over there. Yeah, it's going to be electric. Let's talk about the Euros as we're going to – Jesse and I have a, a plan in place to do a big breakdown of the Ryder Cup in the coming weeks. So we'll, we'll really dig into the picks then. But the Euro captain's picks are in. And and Rob mentioned Paul Casey makes the team, and we love Casey. He's done great this year. He's kind of floundered of late, but it could be the back. Sergio, it's got to be on experience alone because he is his game is not there. And they got Ian Poulter, who's just a bad, bad man. And then Henrik Stenson, who, yeah, I, I take Henrik on my team almost any day of the week. Um, Jesse, what's your thoughts on these four guys? Because Sergio, it's, it's almost like a grandfather pick, it seems like. Yeah, I don't know what the Sergio pick was about. I mean, he's like it, – it's similar to Phil, but way worse. worse. <laughs> you know I mean? He's not had it um, in a long time. I And personally, if I'm, if I'm you know – I'd rather have Thomas Peters most likely. I mean, I know he's not playing great, but he has a really, really good – record on match play so um other than that you know i i, I think they did fine so it's gonna be great i can't wait for it man it's gonna be so much fun to watch what about you rob yeah i agree i think uh you know i think it's just kind of a course fit at this point peters being a long bomber <clears throat> nash uh you know the national course in france more of a ball striker so hopefully sergio finds lightning in a bottle but you can kind of see it's kind of the old guard, all of these like captain's picks is where it's different, I guess, outside of Phil and Tiger there. Um, you know, it might be the kind of like last stand if you look at it with those four captain's picks, those guys not exactly playing the best out there. And you look at names like Norin and Olsen and Hatton kind of getting their first crack at it here. And 
I don't know. It'll, it'll be kind of interesting to kind of see what um, what Thomas Bjorn throws out there for teams. I think obviously he's going to ride Poulter, but if you see Sergio out there in more than you know one team match, I think there's going to be issues for them. So. Yeah, you'd imagine Sergio and Rom, the two Spaniards, go together just because that's that seems to be a Euro trend of you know keeping these guys tight. But uh, we'll see. It'll be really really interesting because this is hard. As much as we've dug into the golf season now. There's a lot of guys I like on this Euro team that's going to be hard to root against for a weekend, but I think I'll be able to figure it out. I think I'll make make it work for one weekend. Um, (laughs) We'll get back to that in a couple weeks. Let's talk the Tour Championship now. 30-man field, no cuts. Let me give you a few scenarios. Uh, VGATour.com has got some scenarios on who's going to win. Bryson DeChambeau, if he wins, it's his. That's common sense. He he should already get it for crying out loud after winning two of the four events. But uh, that's another story for another day. Uh, if Justin Rose wins, it's his. If Tony Finau wins, it's his. DJ and um, and Justin Thomas. So those five, if they win, it's theirs. But once you go down, you got to have a lot more um, involved. And I won't go over all 30 players. But go to the PGA Tour website. They literally have scenarios like for Cam Smith, if he wins the championship and then the number one ranked guy finishes in a three-way tie for fourth or <laughs> so on and so forth, it has scenarios for the entire situation. So it's very interesting. Um, here's one I'll give. I will break down for you though. If you want Tiger Woods to win, he needs uh, Bryson to be 15th or worse, the number two ranked guy fifth or worse, the third ranked third or worse, the fourth and the fifth ranked players second or worse, and number six second or worse. So he's got to have a lot of things play into uh, his his path. Um, It'll be interesting, but basically the top five of Bryson, Justin Rose, Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Thomas win. It's yours. Enjoy. And and crazy, Keegan Bradley only needs Bryson to finish second or worse if he wins it. Keegan freaking Bradley, guys. Check that one down. <laughs> oh, all right, Jesse, uh, give us some past event history of the Tour Championship. Yeah, so it's played at uh, Eastlake, uh, this golf course, Eastlake oh, Country Club, Golf Club. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it's been played here quite a bit. And in particular, they've had the tour championship here since 2004. Now in 2007, they moved it to, um, this time frame and the end of the FedEx cup, which, uh, is the champion of the year, basically $10 million prize, um, for the winner. So last year, Xander Shoffley beat, uh, Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas actually won the uh, FedEx cup, but Xander Shoffley won the tournament. Uh, year before that, Roy McIlroy was your winner. Um, Jordan Spieth the year before that. Billy Horschel is a past champion here. Henrik Stenson, who's not playing. Um, and the list goes on and on. Uh, but the scores are pretty much low teens. Um, you know, maybe single digits, depending on how hard they make it. Yeah, that's what that's what we're looking at here. Kind of a interesting course, this East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a Donald Ross design, redesigned by Reese Jones in 2004, like you mentioned, when they re-established themselves at this course regularly. It's a par 70. If it's about 7,400 yards, give or take maybe a little shorter. So it's a long par 70 course. Um, Bermuda greens, fast greens, about 12 and a half to 13 on the stem. Uh, weather's going to be interesting because right now the forecast shows clear, but they got a ton of weather over the weekend, as we know, from the hurricanes. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But uh, the biggest takeaway from this course very narrow fairways. You need to be accurate off the tee. If you're accurate off the tee, these greens are receptive. They're big. They're fast, but you can actually, you know, pinpoint your shots in there if you make it work. Um, the wedge or the uh, the rough isn't too penile, so 
you can definitely launch one a little farther if you want, if the course is playing quick, the fairways are playing quick, because it's going to be warm, so it's probably going to dry out a bit. So it's not just like – I'd prefer accuracy with a good you know iron game in compared to bombing it and praying, but uh, you can get away with some of the bombing on this course. It's like half the holes – are really, really challenging and accurate. Half of them you can kind of be aggressive on. So it's, it's, it's a mixture of, of a golf course. Uh, there's four par threes. They range from about 195 to 235 yards. Uh, very tricky pin placements most of the time on those from years past. There's 12 par fours. Uh, most are very gettable. Six of them are 350 to 450 yards. There's five that are 450 to 500 and one that is 500 plus. And there's two par fives that are very, very reachable. Uh, there's one, the 18th is 600 yards with the wind. Most times it's designed to play at your back, so it doesn't affect them that much. Most of the hitters, if your first shot's in the fairway, you have a good shot at getting there too. But it'll, so it'll play really good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, practice rounds go and what the guys are saying on kind of the moisture and how things are sticking around the green. There are a handful of bunkers. There's like 70 to 75 bunkers, some water hazards out there, and that's where your accuracy off the tee is going to come into play. Uh, I already mentioned the weather, so key stats. Rob, what are we looking at this week? Uh, definitely like you were saying, anything off the tee, I think guys that can hit it long and straight are going to be kind of the guys you're going to look for. Um, I do throw in obviously some DK scoring. Um, it seems like the guys that Billy or, um, Jesse was just mentioning, uh, definitely seem to always pop in terms of birdie or bogey percentage as well. And, um, obviously proximity, I think as you were talking about the weather, um, not going to be too much, uh, give in the greens. I think they're going to see a lot of the same type of stuff that they saw at Aronimic a couple weeks ago. So firing at flags, probably going to be a few more birdies out there, but uh, still probably going to play very tough and long, like you're saying, over 7,400 yards. Well, Jesse, apparently that's how we pronounced the, that golf course that we couldn't figure out two weeks ago. Aronimic. Aronimic. <laughs> that's good. Aronimic. I'm, I'm going to write that, I'm gonna have to write that down for next time. Uh, what stats are you looking at, uh, Jesse? Uh, shots gained, tee to green. Um, proximity, DraftKings points. There's a lot of course history here too. So I'll be taking some course history angles and just throwing some darts. Um, we'll get into that here in a minute, but yeah, definitely course history. It's a bit of a recent form course history. I'm going to actually weigh quite a bit on this 30 man field. Cause if I'm going to try to take uh, under own guys, I really want guys coming in playing well to take advantage of that. Um, pro- uh, off the tee accuracy off the tee. I'm going to really like, and the draft key scoring. Anytime we talk about a, a no cut events can be very, very important. So let's look at fansharesports.com real quick. Their NFL product is popping off, but the golf is what their staple is in. And we've talked about it every week. It's a great product. Let's look at some of the past, um, you know, let's, let's do consistency at the moment. Past three events in this field, your leader in DraftKings points is no doubt about it. Bryson DeChambeau. He's averaging 112 a week right now in the last three weeks, but our boy, Tony Finau is second averaging 102, almost 103 DraftKings points. Jesse's boy, who I might actually be on this week, and I'm scared that he's going to be high-owned for once. Can you guess, Jesse, who's number three? Uh, Billy Ho. Hideki Matsuyama. Really? That's been your boy the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 95, sort of, sort of. I won't say your boy, your boy, but you've been on <laughs> for the first time. Like, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have. You're right. Uh, Justin Thomas is fourth. Keegan Bradley fifth. Kopka, Fleetwood, DJ Rory, and Cam Smith run up the top ten. Let's look at the best six events to kind of get a bigger sample size here. Um, you expect you got, you know, there it's the update. Uh, DJ leads the way now. Tony Finau still second, though, at 91 DraftKings points. Fleetwood, Matsuyama's fourth, so he's still hanging out up top. Rory, Brooks, JT, Webb cracks the top ten. And then Gary Woodland is tenth. So there's Webb and Woodland are kind of the only newbies 
in that top 10. When we talk about kind of course correlations, one we've mentioned that is a Donald Ross design is the Wyndham Championship. Only three guys in this field played there this year. And Webb Simpson, 120 DraftKings points as he won the thing. Hideki, almost uh, 99.5, almost 100. And then Billy Ho, 94.5. Billy Ho plays very well at these Donald Ross courses. And then Rob was telling us pre-podcast, uh, Ben Coley, a guy that's really, really good in the golf world, was talking about a uh, comparison to the Greenbrier. So we decided to look that up real quick. This past year at the Greenbrier, Tony Fina finished second with 80 DraftKings points, second in the tournament, first overall uh yeah, that's not accurate. Second in the tournament. There we go. Kevin Na, 139 DraftKings points. He led the way uh, in the DraftKings as he took down the Greenbrier. Keegan, 88. Bubba, 84. Xander, Webb, Fina was sixth. Phil, Wise, and Patton Kazire, of all people. But those <laughs> but Patton, Patton Kazire was 10th with 20 DraftKings points. Tells you how many guys didn't play in that field. But basically, Phil up, um, Tony Fina up 80 or more DraftKings points. So they had some success at the Greenbrier. Enough of my blabbering on and on. Let's get into the DraftKings picks. 30 golfers. We have five of them. A sixth sixth of the field. There's 10K and a more. Uh, Justin Rose, 11-4. DJ, 11-3. McElroy, 10-7. JT, 10-3. Brooks, 10,000. We'll kick it off with you, Rob. Who do you like? If you had to pick – well, give us your takes, but give us your top guy in the 10K. Oh, obviously with the pricing this week, you could probably get two of these guys in. Um, especially if you're a Kevin Ott fan, we'll talk later. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean DJ this week. I think he's been, you know, quietly under the radar. I guess if you would say he hasn't no, really. No, no concern about Paulina, huh? Uh, not really. That's just kind of DJ. I don't think he cares at all. Um, you're, pro- you're probably right. Tiger yeah. doesn't care either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, DJ didn't play well here last year, but he also putted atrocious. Uh, he's got a fifth, fifth, sixth the previous three times he played here. Wet conditions, he just plays better. Um, I think s- something else that went under the radar this week, he actually fell to third in the golf rankings, world golf rankings. Uh, Brooks now is number two. I think he wants to get back to the top um, and find some form going into the Ryder Cup. You know, it's going to be – he's going to be leading the team, right? So um, I think he's going to try and put a stamp on it pretty early in this one and, you know – I think he's going to be the type of guy that comes out and starts firing early. I think he's a definite first-round leader type of bet for sure, as well as obviously a winner. Yeah, I like that the the breakdown there a lot. Um, before we get to your picks, Jesse, Rob, can you let us know, because I didn't click on the link, but I saw somehow without playing any golf over a week, JT went from first to third and Brooks is number one. How does, Is it just because they knocked out an event over a year ago or something? Yeah, two years uh, ago. Yeah, essentially. Oh, okay. I was wondering. I'm like, that yeah, makes yeah. no sense, but gotcha. Okay, yeah, I figured it's something simple. That's yeah. I didn't have to read it. I figured it out just like that. Um, Jesse, who do you like up here? Well, yeah. I mean, with with DJ, I I I think personally something like just my own hunch. I don't have this is not confirmed by any means, but I think something's wrong with his fucking head. That's me. I mean, like he's been weirdly bad recently, um, and then all this stuff comes out about Paulina and and them whatever they got going on, I, you know, and him cheating on her or not cheating on her. I don't know what their situation is, but either way, it's weird to me. Um, myself, I think I'd rather do one of two things, either go to Justin Rose coming off the second lost in the playoff, probably hungry again to get in the winter circle can win the FedEx cup. If he wins uh, this week um, or 
Rory McIlroy. He's got some really good course history stats that I look at, but most likely I'll skip this range altogether because I, I mean, I, I think that starting lower than this is going to make a difference. Um, so for me, it would be, you know, Rory number one and then Rose, just especially from a ownership standpoint and ownership this week is, you know, one of those things you, you really have to look at. Yeah, well, definitely um, kind of after the we go through all the picks, we'll go and talk strategy real quick, <laughs> just because there's a million ways to, to milk a cow. And there's a million ways to, to play this. But uh, the 10K and above, you can't go wrong. Like we say a lot of times with these guys up here, they're the best for the reason. But uh, if I have to pick one of two, I really, really do like Rory McIlroy. I've kind of been on the last few weeks. The course history really plays out. But um, I, and I, we just talked about Fanshare, and I've been using them a lot lately for football and golf. And I'm going to really use Logan's ownership rankings on Wednesday for this because I either want Rory or I want JT. And if they're both chalky, I'll just pivot off them completely. But JT's been coming in way low owned lately in this upper range. Like he's usually one of the lowest in this upper range. Then him and Rory. Um, JT, a second here last year, a T6 is other showing here. He's coming in really, really good form. You mentioned Rory McIlroy with, with his course history. I like both these guys a ton. It's going to be strictly a ownership deal coming up top here. And I am intrigued once I start building more like Rob said earlier. You might be able to fit two of them in here and differentiate yourself that way. Because top 30 in the world, anybody can win this tournament. It wouldn't shock you. Yeah. Um, be, be really, really different. So I'm going to go between Rory and JT, and it's going to be strictly an ownership deal. And if you want an answer, join us on the Slack chat. You might get a free ownership ranking there. But uh, that, that's where I'll be on Wednesday night. All right, let's drop into the 9K. We have two golfers, two. Tiger Woods, <laughs> $9,500. Ricky Fowler, 9100 Jesse, do you want either one of these guys? I'm assuming so, since you're not starting 10K and above. Yeah, I, I do like Ricky. Um, obviously, he, he said last week that he was fully healed up and ready to go. Finished eighth in the event. Um, played pretty well. Uh, for the most part, T.D. Green, his putter was working really well um, last week. So he's the guy for me here. Um, I'm not I'm not really feeling Tiger. What about you, Rob? Oh, I'm taking Tiger. Let's let's, talk, let's get crazy, right? I mean, he he actually you found and everybody he, else. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's part of the problem, right? So, I mean, he found his driver last week. He gained strokes for the third time, or third tournament in a row off the tee. He he actually took length off, so he took he shortened his driver. He's actually not hitting the ball as far as he was, and he's sacrificing distance because he's the best approach player in the game right now. I mean, the way he hits his irons is kind of ridiculous. So. Once he figures out how to deal with putters, I don't know, his whole, like, love-hate with his Scotty at this point is kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Tiger wants a win. He he would love a win. I think everybody else would love a win at this point. Um, and I feel like at a tournament like this where you have the best players in the world, why not go and showcase that? And he's the type of guy that, that he shows up for these events, especially with all the guys around. And you know he's going to look for more for him going to the Ryder Cup. So he's pumped to be back, especially seeing this place again. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. We we root for Tiger a lot here. With me, it's just I'm I'm probably not going to be on him the first time he wins, just because so many people are riding that bandwagon. I don't hate it. Like you just make yourself different elsewhere. We talk about it all the time. Um, quick draw, real quick, Rob. What percent ownership do you think Woods is? <laughs> um, he's gonna be close to twenty. He's gotta be. If you're if you're gonna be like if you're gonna be like Jesse and you're gonna skip. The entire top, you have to start with Tiger or Ricky at that point, right? And what like about you, Jesse. Yeah, I would say twenty-five to thirty. 
I mean, yeah. there's going to be some uber chalk in this field because there's only 30 guys. It's going to suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. It's, it, he's going to be one of the guys up there. I definitely think so. For me, I'm going to go Ricky Fowler if I go up here at all. Uh, Jesse, you hit on a lot of it, the way he played last week. Uh, I was listening to a interview with, I believe it was a swing coach or one of his coaches, and they loved the fact they were breaking down his swing, how he took, he took a lot out of his swing because of his oblique. And it's the old story of guys give me crap on the course all the time because I don't hit it as far as everybody else, but they like my smooth swing, and that's what keeps me in the fairway. Ricky was literally, you know, club taking an extra club instead of trying to be a monster and, and hitting with a smoother swing, and you could see how much more accurate he was, no pain. There's a lot to be said about that, just finding your golf swing. Um, I, I think that could play really well for Ricky and really help with not spraying it all over the place, which we already mentioned is very important at this course, but – yeah, we shall see. Uh, Ricky Fowler would be the guy for me in this range. $8,000. Matsuyama at 88, Fino at 86, DeChambeau at 84, Molinari at 82, Jason Day at 8,000. Personally, if you just want to go Molinari and through Matsuyama, all four of those guys, and start building, I have zero problem with that at all. <laughs> zero problem. That is a um, very interesting lineup. But uh, Matsuyama, I will be on him. We talked about how, you know, recent form here, T26 last year, but fifth the year before he's coming in a really good form period we talked about his dk scoring has been off the chart his iron game is finally like consistently locked in right now uh jesse has made me a believer with what he's talked about the last few weeks i, I will be going to tony Finau. it is a no-cut event so Finau will be on my team scary part is this might be like a 50 percent owned Finau, if not more that is terrifying because at that price point in a field like this it will be interesting I love Bryson DeChambeau at 84. I, I 8K range. I'm not even joking here. I think 80. A guy that's won two out of the last three events at $8,400 is criminal. Yeah. I, I think that's just that's disrespectful beyond belief. At least put him next to Tiger Woods, if not in the tenth. He's earned. He because the fields he's winning in have all these guys in it. Like he's yeah. played with these guys. I don't know how they can put him at 8,400 bucks. This is ridiculous. Um, and then Molinari at 82. Talk about um, you know Tita Green. Irons, Molinari fits that profile to a T. So all four of these guys, again, it'll come down to um, ownership. I'm going to go Finau right now. If I had to rank the four of them, i go Finau, Molly, Bryson, and Matsuyama, but it's like picking at straws right now. Um, it, very, very tight. Uh, Rob, what do you like in this 8K range? Yeah, I think if you, if you play that ownership angle, Bryson's kind of an interesting case because he has no course history. He hasn't played there before, but – I mean, it's tough, tough to go away from the fact that he, he's won two of the last three events. And if he pretty much doesn't oversleep his tee time, he's probably going to win this thing, um, especially with some of the folks at the bottom of it of the of the tournament. Um, the interesting guy, I think, from an ownership, and I'd be interested to hear what you guys think, is Jason Day at 8K. He's been bad, bad. But is that going to force people to not even look at him at this point? Or... Are you are you just gonna say all right, Finau and, and Bryson and, and Molinari are there, and I'm just gonna skip day and just go straight to Fleetwood because that Fleetwood's gonna be the point where everybody goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would definitely go, you know, that that route, and I'd say most people will as well. So he's probably a decent ownership play. I'd say he's gonna be skipped over quite a bit. Yeah, he should be. He's got really good course history, and you know, as bad as he's playing, he's still basically t20 and everything or better, and he's 8k now, so he doesn't yeah. have to win it. Ideally. 30-man fields, you want guys like all top 10 or something. But sure. at 8K, uh, you know, T15 is not the end of the world as long as he's – the biggest thing with this no-cut event, but you need birdies, birdies, and birdies. That's what you need. Mm -hmm. So can Day give you can Day give you that? But he'll go low-owned. You're right. He might be the only one of the few, like the, one of the five guys 
that's like less than 5% this week. Yep. Agreed. What about you, Jesse? AK? Uh, so on Hideki again, Finau is going to be probably the highest on in the slate. I'm with you on Bryson. I mean, that, that, that price is just way too low. I don't know if the general public will hop on that or not. I don't know if the general public's even playing this this week, but <laughs> 8,400. Um, I mean, I, I think that like you already talked about Bubba Fowler, Hideki, Finau, Bryson is a good place for me to start and we'll talk about some guys down low that you can fit in with them um and also how to make that try to be a little bit different after, in a little bit as well but uh yeah i mean Fran, uh franny i'm not on day like we just talked about with the ownership perspective i could see playing him um but he's like almost last in everything i'm looking at in this field so i don't know that i want to really mess with him because the top 20 yeah. here gets you nothing yeah, he needs. I was to say T15 or better, you can kind of sleep with. But man, 30 man field T10, that's that's a third of the field. Quick yeah, man. I mean you, you, you. you're gonna have to have every. You're gonna have to have the winner and second and third and probably everybody top else ten. inside the top 10 at least in order to win big time money this weekend. And you might be duplicated unless we unless you get different. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's jump into the seven Ks. Where for once, Jesse, this has to make you so excited. We have six players, six players <laughs> in seven K: uh, Fleetwood, Rom, Webb Simpson, Billy Ho, Cantley, and Shoffley. Rob, who are you liking in the seven K range? Another group of really talented golfers. Yeah, um, I do like Fleets. Obviously, the seventy nine hundred. That's just kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, Rom has played like crap again. Um, you know, he hasn't really shown any sort of form since the PGA. He's not hitting it well off the tee. So he might be a guy people stay off of, especially, I don't know. He played here well. He played well last year, but he was also playing well at the time. I think everybody's going to be around the Simpson Horschel group there. Uh, Billy Ho obviously is hot. Um, also, might be, if he wins, it's the second time he won this tournament and not on a Ryder Cup team. So interesting angle there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they, even after they named the rule after him, him still not getting here. Um, I guess. And then, um, I think, you know, Xander won the thing last year and he's sitting at seven K and he played well again last week. Like that is, you know, a pretty egregious price miss there. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Jesse, what are you looking at the seven Ks? Yeah. There's only really two for me here. Fleetwood, uh, and Billy Ho. Um, I never get. Xander right but I mean again you know with John Rahm he's got the same it's the same type of thing as Jason Day the, that price is just way down there the dude makes a lot of birdies now there's a good chance that he breaks his putter over his knee um, and he's putting with a 60 degree wedge for half a round um, so that's that's the inherent risk with John Rahm but at 7700 I mean he's in my opinion well worth the risk in GPPs and I don't know if everybody will will see that or not but I mean, the dude makes a lot of birdies, no cut. You know, he could make a run. Um, obviously not playing great, but he, in my opinion, I'd rather have him over Jason Day at this point. I'm 100% on board with you on that, and I'm not a big Rom guy. For those that have listened to this show long enough, he tilts the hell out of me. But in an event like this, like you're saying, where he can have that triple bogey, which he, he probably will have a couple the way he plays at times, but he might also have like eight birdies a couple rounds because that's just what he does, especially on these, um, you know, gettable par fives he could be putting for eagle twice a day and that that's could come in tremendously so i i get it in a gpp and his ownership can be extremely extremely low um that, that's interesting 
I, I don't hate that at all. Uh, Fleetwood, I'm with you guys. That's just 7900 bucks. We talk about he's due, and he keeps hanging in there. He has that one bad round. He T8 his last time out, which is nice to see. But the guys I'm looking at, and unless it gets chalky, Webb Simpson, he has played really well at this course, and we talked about other courses that correlate to this, how well he's played. And then Billy Ho. We've been on Billy Ho. He's been playing really, really well. No one owned him last week after the draw like we talked about, Jesse. It was outstanding to get a T3 with that ownership level. Um, 7300 bucks for Billy Ho and the way he's playing, and he's a past yeah. winner here. Uh, I, I really, really, really like him and his PXG clubs. So um, Simpson, Billy Ho is what I like. And I think they'll be low owned for the fact that people are going to go to Xander and are going to go to Cantley. Cantley, people can't get his name off their tongues. Um, and he's a good golfer, but I'm sorry, outside of some West Coast events, he really hasn't contended a ton. Uh, he's still young and figuring it out. Give me Billy, give me Webb, and I'll go that direction. Let's get to the 6Ks where we have about 12 guys. Reed, Casey, Woodland, Mickelson, Watson, Smith, Leishman, Bradley, Stanley, Wise, Kazire, Nah. Yes, Keegan Bradley, who's sixth in the Fed Up Cup point, is 6200 bucks. by the way. Um, Jesse, what are you liking in the 6K range? Uh, not Keegan. I'll let everybody else go that route if they want to. Um, Paul Casey's one of my favorite plays this week. He's not playing great coming in. Um, he finally did gain strokes, uh, Tita Green, last week uh, for the first time in a couple uh, tournaments. So he figured that out. Putter's not great, but he's got some really good course history stats that I look at. So big fan of uh, Paul Casey this week, at, especially at that price at 6800 Um I hope he goes overlooked. I won't necessarily count on it, but – um, plan on doing different things to try to get different, but Paul Casey's m- one of my favorite plays. Kyle Stanley's similar in that he's got good course history stats. Um, from what I've looked at, now they're limited. Um, he's only played here once, uh, but he did play well when he played here. So um, he's interesting at 6,100. Wise is another guy who I was on last week. He played really well last week. Um, so like those would be my my super down low guys if I'm down in that range. And this is the week where you can like literally you can go down here and, and feel totally fine with it. Um, you know, even I guess Kazire and Naw. I've already seen Naw's name a couple of times, so I can see him being popular, but um, I mean, it's, he's, there's, there's zero secrets here. Bubba. Zero secrets. <laughs> okay. we're, we're we're on the I don't, I don't have if a you, secret you, sauce. I'll give you, you all my guy, stuff. If, if you get a guy below 10%, you've done something. Yeah, <laughs> and he competes. Um, right. Rob, what do you like him in the 6K range? Yeah, I think Casey, obviously. I think people are going to still be kind of afraid of his back, but if he's willing to play this before the Ryder Cup, then he's probably healthy enough. I know that he like opened in the mid-50s for like pricing, and he's already down low 40s just because of the course history, so hard to ignore him. Uh, Gary Woodland gained strokes in all five categories last week. Uh, he kind of obviously fell off with a little bit of a cliff at the Northern Trust after the PGA after he played so well, but uh, he's a guy who could bomb it, and with softer conditions, I think he's going to be a guy that could be around. And then I think, uh, like Jesse said, Aaron Wise. Like, Aaron Wise in no-cut events is absolutely worth the gamble. Like, sixth at the Bridgestone. Um, he makes a ton of birdies. He's going to make a ton of bogeys, but last week he gained strokes in all five categories too since – He's got a fifth at the Northern Trust, so he's playing well enough that he's definitely worth a gamble. I like it. Um, I like the Woodland call quite a bit at 6700 bucks. People keep sleeping on him. He's basically T20 or better here, a T10 and a T9 in two of his last three events. And coming in a really, really good form, we mentioned in the last six events, he was like the ninth or tenth highest uh, average drafting score per week. 
and people keep sleeping on him quite a bit. So I do like him. I love the Casey call. Um, if you want to get weird, this is the way to do it. If you get Casey, Rom, and Jason Day, you might have a very, very unique lineup. You might not yeah. be able to stomach it, but you might have a very, very unique lineup. Um, <laughs> so Woodland, I, I really, really like Kyle Stanley. Again, we've talked about a lot of these courses recently, these par 70s. We need to be accurate off the tee, and we've seen him compete very well at these types of courses. Uh, so I like uh, Stanley quite a bit. And then Kevin Na, if he's heavily owned at 6K, I'm not going to do it. I'm not playing a chalky Kevin Na. I will not. I will not. But um, if he isn't chalky, I, I do like – and I'm talking if he's even 20% or less, that's not chalky to me in this field, I'll, I'll look at Kevin Na. So because Tita Green, um, you know, even scoring lately, he's been lighting up courses where he can wedge it in or at least a decent iron in. Uh, I like not quite a bit at $6,000, but I think everybody else will also, unfortunately. All right, that takes us through the 30-man field. Let's get a little different with it. Let's talk top contrarian plays. We'll kick it off with you, Rob. Who do you think will be the top contrarian? Not for you, per se, but going over the 30-man, we named off some guys. Who do you think will be the most contrarian play on the board? Uh, I'm going to go – how about Patrick Reed? Nobody mentions him. He's under 7K. You have Casey, Woodland, Shuffling, Cantlay, sandwiched in between him. Right before Ryder Cup season, like, why not? Take a shot. I like it. I what about you, Jesse? Goal. That's a really good call. He should be low-owned. Um, for me, it'd be, it would be Rom. If you're trying to get uh, contrarian and want to take a shot, I, I would take a shot with John. Yeah, it, you took Rom, so I'll say Jason Day. I think those two are going to be supremely low-owned. I like the read call, though. That is, I didn't even think about it. That's how contrarian's going to be. So there you go. That's a, that's a really good one because he's right in that mess of players. So. Yeah, the guys we've been talking about go with those. Let's talk, talk chalk on the week. We've agreed Fina. We've agreed Fleetwood. Let's knock them off the list. Who do you think the next chalkiest guy is, Jesse? Um, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll say I, I don't. I, I I really don't know. Like Fina, obviously, like you talk, you just said. Um, Fle- did you say Fleetwood too? Yeah, those two I figure yeah, are gonna yeah. be guaranteed. I agree with that. I agree with that. So uh, I'll go JT as being super chalky. No, no, <laughs> probably right, but no. Um, I, I sadly I've already heard people picking him to win the whole thing. So yes. Yeah. Um, what about you, Rob? Yeah, I go Rory. Like him under 11K is still pretty dangerous in a smaller field, and where he's yeah, yeah. won here and he played well at the Dell a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it, it, you, you took the guys up top, so I'll take one down below to see how we do. I think Patrick Cantley is going to be way too chalky down below there. I think he's going to be very, very popular at that $71 price tag. All right, let's get to the fun stuff here. Let's talk core players. Give us two or three guys at this moment you're looking to build around Rob. Yeah, it'll probably be Rory and Fleets at this point. I don't. I mean, it's like, what's your core? <laughs> that this at 30 guys, you can pretty much choose yeah, any two or three, tough. right? So. Yeah, I'll go high owned with Rory, and then I'll, I'll go Fleets because I think those two guys together are going to be good this weekend next. What about you, Jesse? Fowler, Decky, Finau, DeChambeau. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll either be Rory or JT. I already gave my disclaimer on how that's going to work out. And then um, Bryson and Billy Ho. Those will be the three guys I'm starting with right there. Who is your bust of the week, Jesse? Who do you think just completely ruins people's lineups? DJ, 
I'm telling you, I'm, I, I hate to say it because Rob did pick him, but like something's his head. It wouldn't, be, not, it wouldn't be a three-man AP podcast if someone's bust wasn't someone's favorite player. That is holding tribution. That's true. So now you have to come back and say one of my guys, Rob. <laughs> Rob, who's your bust of the week? Or who's going to bust <sighs> people's lineups the most to you? I think it's Ricky. I'm not even shitting. I think I think Ricky's just in between those names up there. He's going to put up a lot of points, and I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's just going to be. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of take it easy, like play, but have next week in mind, knowing that he can't win the FedEx Cup this week. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I like the DJ call. I'll mix it up, and uh, I'll go Tiger Woods. That's just a guy I've, I just can't do it. I cannot do it with Tiger Woods just yet. I think he wins next year. I think he wins next year. Um, all right. The fun part now with the 30-man field, who wins it all, Rob? Patton Kazire. <laughs> Are you serious? No. No, oh, no, no way. He's the only guy over triple digits. He's at 300. Um, the only value. Yeah, it's crazy. Everyone's like 80 or below except for him, 300. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Rory, I think. He's still, I, like that. I mean, smaller field. He's still at nine. That's not great value, but he's worth it. He's just too good. What about you, Jesse? Remortgage the house. Paul Casey wins it. <laughs> Jesse, if you need a place to live, I have a spare room. He's got to come to California. Um, anytime. All right. For me, I like that Rory call. Uh, he's he's so close to having another one of those W's. Um, I'll mix it up here, and I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. I think he finally does it, and then I'm going to feel so bad when he doesn't because I finally picked him. It's only fitting. The only time I ever played him, I think, was Phoenix. Was it Phoenix he pulled out with the wrist injury? Yep. It's like it's like whenever I pick Hideki Bot, he goes to crap. So maybe don't play him this week, guys. I apologize for that right now, but I, I like I like where his game's going. If I don't if I can't pick Rory, I'm picking Hideki. All right. With that being said, that wraps us up for this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. Before we leave, though, let's talk strategy real quick. Um, 30 man field, people talk about leaving line, uh, money on the table. This might be a week to leave like two to three grand on the table if you want to get really weird. Uh, Rob, what's some tips you have for these uh, degenerates out there today? Yeah, I mean, just don't be afraid to take guys that are probably not going to be in a lot of lineups in terms of like name wise. Like, yes, you have the top 30 in the world, but you know, we just mentioned Aaron Wise, he's not going to get touched as much. Uh, I mean, we didn't even mention any of the Aussies between Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. Like, you're going to have to take a stab at one of those guys in GPPs. You're going to, like Jesse was saying, pretty much everybody that you need is going to have to finish top 10 to even relatively sniff high, high price uh, finishes. So I definitely look for, you know, the wises of the world that need four rounds to really have three awesome ones guaranteed, like a Fleetwood. You know, it seems like Tommy seems to be really good for one to two rounds, and then there's one that's just dead. Everybody hopes that charges come and fleets just disappear. So those are the type of guys that you want to look for that can get hot three for three rounds and maybe just sit around for one. I like it. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, the the big thing with roster construction is obviously leaving money on the table. I'm talking leaving, like you were talking about, $1,000, $2,000. I mean, if you got a lineup and you think it's – it's good and you're using the full amount, just realize you're probably going to be duped. Um, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily not play it because of that. Um, 
but like I'm just starting with the mindset of the guys I select. If I if I have a bunch of money left over, it just doesn't matter to me. Um, so that's really the only way to get different here, and just hope and pray they all come in the top six. Mm-hmm. Just remember the top 29 players and Pat and Kazire are in this tournament, so <laughs> you you definitely can have a shot. But uh, I think if you if you have 49, say 49 seven or more, duping is going to happen. A lot because most oh, people yeah. are just walking up. Most Over people just walking up and going, "I want to use all my money," and yeah. that's why I think he's starting at 8K range and not even going above that. It could be especially, really especially in like the really big GPPs. It's not going to be as much if you're playing cash. You probably need to find in like a gambling anonymous meeting. But <laughs> if you're playing, if you're playing cash this week, it's not going to matter as much. If you're playing small GPPs, it won't matter as much. But just talking about large field GPPs, hundred thousand dollars up top, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, this is a week to go like single entry, three entry max. If you don't want to like really go crazy, if you want to go for the gusto, more power to you. Just realize it's mm-hmm. gonna be like if you thought splitting a million dollars just was fun between two people, it might be like fourteen people. So oh yeah, but I mean, uh, you Still split two hundred thousand fourteen ways. I'd take that all day every day. True, true, <laughs> too strong. <That'd> be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll wrap us up on another solid, solid episode. You can check out Rob on Twitter at all day, every three, six, five. Jesse is at DFS golf gods. I'm at BD Entrick. The podcast is at always press DFS after this weekend. we got Ryder cup coming up in a few weeks and then we go back to the safe way. It's really not that far away, folks. I think it's like three, maybe four weeks max. It might only be three weeks for the safe way. Um, so get ready, get locked and loaded. We'll be back with the swing season. But thanks for listening. This is the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, your Tour Championship Preview Edition. Oh, it's a show goes on, 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 on,